1: Podcast Network presents, this is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist, Rita Cosby.
2: And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. The ground incursion has begun by Israeli troops into Gaza. So what is ahead for Israeli forces as they battle the Hamas Terrorists And how dangerous is this going to be, especially with those tunnels and with the headquarters believed to be right below the main hospital in Gaza? Boy, is this going to be tricky stuff. Well, joining us now to talk about all of this is Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. He is a retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel, also a DOD intel officer, and the president, of Project Sentinel. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, we love having you on the show, Tony. Uh, First off, how difficult is this going to be from a military standpoint?
1: Hey, Rita, thanks for having me. Well, urban warfare is the most difficult warfare there is, bar none. Uh, There's a a few things out there people can go look at and reference. Uh, Saving Private Ryan was one of the most, uh, I think, accurate The warfare movies, not necessarily facts as they happen, but I think the the content is very accurate. And there's a few scenes in there regarding urban warfare. Uh, The Bridge Too Far, another movie, you can kind of see it. And then just imagine that on steroids, because we're talking about uh, a very specific uh, piece of terrain, heavily uh, urbanized, a lot of buildings, and and, uh, the factor of tunnels added into it. The estimate is there's three. This is the Israeli estimate. I'm not sure if I agree with it. I think it's a bit less, but they're saying it's about 300 miles of tunnels below uh, uh, the Gaza Strip. That's a lot of tunnels. Even if it's half that, that's a lot of tunnels. And uh, they're going to have to do two things uh, in in very precise ways. First, take and hold terrain that it can be created for safe spaces for for forces to come in and essentially create zones where they can can uh, uh, increase their ability to to launch new operations, they take terrain, hold it, secure it, and prepare to move further in. Secondly, they have to be able to look at the deep battle of what's in those tunnels ahead of them, uh, because those tunnels, in some cases, will be going back behind them. As a matter of fact, there's been several ambushes where the Israelis thought they cleared something, and next thing you know, you, you got Palestinians p- popping out behind you. So that's going to be a very difficult thing. And also, as they go through Gaza, you know, they're, they've uh, a limit, they've evacuated about. Uh, there's a population of about 1.1 million in the space we're talking. They've moved uh, most of them out. There's about 400,000-plus left, plus the folks in the hospitals. But I can tell you for a fact that those locations left, the people left, will be human shields because Hamas does that as a, as a routine method of trying to shield their command and control and weapons uh, stockpiles. So it's it's tough, and I see this gonna, it's going to be protracted. It's going to take probably the better part of a year. We're talking about going block to block. Uh, in some cases, having to go back and retake blocks. Uh, our experience in Fallujah and Mosul is uh, is uh, something they're looking into. They have a, a, a two-star, I'm sorry, a three-star uh, Marine Corps general over there right now, helping to advise based on the U.S. Marine Corps experience and in, in in combat recently. So it's 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 a tough it's a tough challenge, and it's going to take some time.
2: And in addition to that, Tony, there are now uh, 240, it seems the number keeps changing, of hostages there. Yeah. How tough is that? Because, of course, not only do they want to root out and eliminate Hamas, they want to try to save the hostages. That's very right. difficult, that balancing act.
1: Yeah, and there's a, the, although the, the, key, the administration keeps playing games, uh, John Kirby says there's last, less than 10. I, he's lying. There's about 32 from the numbers I've been given. 32 of those are Americans. And uh, I think they're going to have to do a very careful uh, reconnaissance. They're going to try not to hit targets where they're being housed. Uh, They're going to try to do operations to rescue them. That's what you've seen over the past few weeks, by the way. There's been a combination of what I would call reconnaissance by force, where they send in armored units to kind of see what what the weak points are. And also special operations forces going in to try to locate and and bring people out. That's going to continue throughout the, the the process of them taking and holding terrain. And there's no easy answer. And unfortunately, because Hamas is so bloodthirsty, I mean, come on, I think you and I both saw the interview of the Hamas leader saying that, oh, we intended only military targets on the 7th of October. No, you didn't. That's a lie. And what the Israelis are going to have to now face is this uh, more and more broad scope information warfare tactic by Hamas to try to make people to play this global Jedi mind trick. On the globe, saying, "Oh, yeah, we, 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 Hamas are the victims here, uh, and the Israelis have to stop." So that's another aspect of the war that the IDF has to stay ahead of and remind people constantly of the severe and utter. Uh, inhumanity of Hamas on the 7th of October regarding murdering innocent civilians.
2: Yeah, you're right. There's a a propaganda war. You know, you you talked about also, Tony, the brutality of these Hamas terrorists. You're right. I mean, it's clear they were not looking for military targets. And in fact, they, they listed basically, you know, kill women, kill Children, Um, what do you know too about that? Apparently, they were taking these amphetamines, right? Something to kind of make them. It was sort of a a poor uh, drug that was found in their system, but it made them almost hallucinate, so they could do the just unspeakable brutality to women and children.
1: Well, this is another parallel between uh, Hamas and the Nazis. The Nazis gave very similar uh, amphetamines to their troops, their SS troops, that would basically get them all hyped up and let them go for days. No, I'm and I'm completely serious in that comparison. And I, I hope people start thinking about that in, in terms of when you hear Hamas, think the Nazis. Anyway, I digress a bit. I'm just saying that, yes, they they use a very similar uh, drug that basically uh, makes you a Superman. I mean, literally, that's why these things are being issued to the Nazi troops during World War II. And it creates heightened awareness, uh, heightened strength. And essentially, it, it you, you will be up for days. Uh, this is it is that kind of drug. And, yeah, it, it basically numbs you. To any brutality that you're doing. Again, that's why they gave it to the Nazi groups, to the to the group and uh, the, the, the the commandos who were actually doing the hunting of the Jews. Geez, there's a parallel for you. So uh, I, indeed, they, they have uh, they tried everything they could to get these guys spun up on drugs and able and willing to go out there and do these unspeakable horrors against civilians.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it? <clears throat>
2: you know, some of the brutality that was unveiled this week. I mean, we've already heard obviously these horrible stories of the beheading of babies. um, Also, you know, burning people alive. There was this story that came out this week, Tony, and it just, I think all of our hearts just sank. It was the woman whose body was seen like being paraded on that truck. I think she was a tattoo artist. Yes, And she was a tattoo artist who went to the music festival and they did unspeakable things with her body and just, you know, and she was naked in the back of the truck i think everybody was praying boy i hope this woman's still alive because she was clearly um you know brutalized and clearly taken captive and now we found out uh, there was a, a part of her skull was found i mean yep. these people are monsters tony i mean these are ruthless disgusting uh, brutal enemies and that makes the fight for israel just so hard for them too because these people don't seem to care if they die i mean there was one hamas fighter who was calling His parents bragging that he killed 10 Jews and saying, Mom, I did it with my bare hands. I mean, mean, this is the kind of mentality. Doesn't that make it very difficult when you have somebody who's not afraid to die on the other end?
1: So it's difficult by the fact that the population fundamentally still supports them. Now, think about this, Rita. Fifty seven percent. This is according to the Washington Institute survey in 2023, July of June of July of 2023. Uh, the Washingtons went into the survey of of people in the Gaza Strip, and according to the survey, I, I recommend people have no, I don't have any affiliation with these folks, but people can Google this; they can go check it out. Fifty seven percent of of people of Palestinians in the Gaza Strip supported Moss. So when you have a population that fundamentally is open to their activities, now I will say that that the population is saying, well, we're not really for more terrorism. They're like forty percent said that you know, only 40% they're for it, but that's the problem. They're hidden within the population. They're, it's like a cancer. It's like you know, they, they live within this body, and the body supports what they do. So how difficult it is to eliminate them? Well, we're going to come to find out, because the Israeli military, the IDF is going to have to go in and deal with this uh, block by block. And, and, and remember, Rita, the Egyptians and the Jordanians And the Arabs all said, no, we're not taking any Palestinians. They didn't want the Palestinians for a number of reasons. One of those is the very thing you just point out. These people have no love for life. They're focused on death. Those Arab countries do not want that cancer in their midst as they try to develop their nations towards the 21st century.
2: When do you think we'll see, Tony, is there a possibility at some point that, you know, uh, the Palestinians who aren't in favor of Hamas, as you said, a lot of them are, and obviously they were elected to Hamas in 2006, right. but what about, when are we going to maybe see some you know, uh, Muslims and say, you know, well, when will they come forward and say, you know what, Um, we don't want Hamas. We hate them as much as you do, Israel. I would love to see those protests in Gaza. I know it's obviously tough because they may not live long. That's the problem when you're under the thumb of Hamas. But isn't there maybe some way power and numbers we could empower some of those groups within the Palestinian territories?
1: So the Hamas well, as an organization, is a derivative of the Muslim Brotherhood. The Muslim Brotherhood is it's origins is is Egypt. Now, I, I use Egypt as an example where Egypt has gone through a number of bouts with radical Islam. The Muslim Brotherhood is the latest iteration. Uh, they came to power in Al Sisi. President Al Sisi, then Field Marshal Al Sisi, was able to essentially have a coup. Unless you have something that severe, Rita, I don't see it changing because the Muslim Brotherhood. Hamas, I'll teach a very severe form of Islam which requires indoctrination. The the one thing you must check at the door is any free thinking if you become a member of Hamas. It's it's very totalitarian, it's very Nazi-like, dare I say. So I'm just saying that I just don't think there's going to be much in the way of, of a population uprising when they've been indoctrinated to believe that the Jewish state and the Jew Jewish people are evil. And it's their job to eradicate them. It's, 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 it's simply like that. That's what Egypt's had to do with Muslim Brotherhood organizations. They've had to basically go about quietly trying to eliminate those radical elements from their population. So, you know, I'd like to believe there's going to be, I don't know, a, uh, uh, some popular leader who says enough with the radical extremism. We want to step away from Hamas and, and radicalization. I just don't see it at this point, unfortunately.
2: What do you say to uh, the UN when they come out and others saying, oh, there should be a ceasefire? Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu this week came out and said, ceasefire essentially means uh, Israeli surrender. Do you agree?
1: The lessons we learned from World War II, it, I think, apply here. Uh, the, there was a ceasefire with Japan after we beat them, there was a ceasefire with Germany after we beat them. Uh, the, the, the two of those nations are now two of our closest allies. Unless evil is totally defeated, it will come back. The Japanese people, I think, were able to throw off the yokes of of, uh, the social isolation they had, and they've become productive members of the uh, Asian community, the Asian Pacific. Germany is now a powerhouse in, in the EU. But it took very severe measures, Rita, of defeating them. Both Germany and Japan were defeated. So unless and until Hamas is completely defeated, there should be no ceasefire. It's that simple. And I, I, I'm sorry I'm speaking in such bold and, and distinct terms, but that's the way I believe. That's what is necessary. And if you don't do it that way, you're going to have it come back again and you're not going to have any solution to the problem that we're, they're facing now.
2: What do you say to the people who, uh, like even Secretary of State uh, Antony Blinken at the White House with Biden has essentially said, well, maybe not a ceasefire, but then he said, but we're for a pause for humanitarian reasons. Uh, What do you think? What does that mean from a military perspective? Because you don't know what's coming in, what's coming out. Doesn't a pause obviously also help Hamas?
1: Yeah, it does help Hamas. And, and, And by the way, I see the protestation about the $6 billion that are trying to put forward right now, uh, both Democrats and Republicans are against that eye because that's humanitarian support, because it's just simply going to be retooled and used to, for, to make weapons of war and resist the Israelis. So the bottom line, again, is we never had ceasefires for humanitarian purposes during World War II. Uh, it's, it's a sham. It's nonsense. And it's just more uh, direct evidence that the Biden administration is playing for the other team. They're not playing for our team. They're not playing for the Israeli team. They're playing for another team, and that team is the one that's out to to destroy the very essence of civilization. So,
2: you know, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, Tony Schaefer described a fight this week as a fight for civilization, a fight for good versus evil. And then he said, yep. "You know what? You better hope that we basically wipe out Hamas because if we lose, if they and Iran win, guess what? They're coming for you next." Do you believe it? Do you see it that way, that they're sort of doing not just Israel's fight, but the world's fight?
1: There's a number of radical elements of Islam that have decided to work together. The Sunni-Shia split, the Sunni being the Arabs, uh, have been on a path of reformation and trying to remove violence from their belief. The the Shia, the the Iranians have not done that. And the Iranians are indeed behind trying to encourage the continued use of of terror— as a method of, use, of, of forwarding a religion. And yes, I do believe that uh, this is a battle of civilizations. This is the ideas of Muhammad, the 10th century ideas that were put forth uh, in the Quran, uh, made into, turned into weapons of war, uh, intellectual war by those extreme elements. And yeah, it, it, it is a battle of civilizations. And until uh, there is a defeat, a clear defeat of those concepts Netanyahu is right. This is a battle of civilizations. And the, 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 they always talk about, Rita, uh, Islam is the, is the religion of peace. Yes, peace, when they rule everything and you're subordinated to them. That's what the peace they seek. So uh, fundamentally, I think he's correct. I think uh, many of us have recognized this for a while, that you must give no quarter to, uh, to political or uh, militant Islam at all.
2: How complex as we were talking about the tunnels because these people are fanatics. Yeah. And you just mentioned also earlier, Tony, that clearly they don't care about their own people. They're using them as human shields. The biggest uh, Hamas headquarters, as we understand from IDF, is below the biggest hospital there in Gaza City. And they've put out sort of a like a diagram of what it looks like. And in fact, there were journalists who interviewed Hamas leaders in the past, and they went to the hospital. They were told to meet them at the hospital. So clearly, the hospital is a key spot. But how do you get around that? Um, or do you say, OK, well, you know, we're going to keep putting the word out. Uh, if the people don't evacuate after the hospital after you know 10 15 tries we're just going to have to bomb the hospital where where do what do you do from a military standpoint cuz obviously you want to try to avoid civilian casualties if possible
1: so i would uh, this is an interesting uh, question and, and one i think is a fairly clear answer i would uh, fight on the ground to gain access physically to the perimeter of the hospital and there are tunnels uh, obviously as as noted in the uh, the Rendering that the IDF did regarding the complex below it. Uh, there are sophisticated technologies now that the Israelis are now using. They're using drones, which actually function in tunnels. Some of them are armed with guns. I mean, they are armed drones that go in tunnels. And you have something called the sponge bomb, not sponge bomb, but sponge bomb, which actually seals tum- tunnels up. If you go to Home Depot or Lowe's, you know, you get that spray stuff in the can, you spray in the cracks, it seals up. They have bombs like that now that can seal off tunnels. So I would do a combination of sealing tunnels off, suffocating those below ground, and capturing command and control facilities as you go using these new sophisticated weapon systems. I think there's ways of taking it. It would be brutal. It would take some time, but it would be, it would be good to do. And you save the hospital above. So that's, that's what I would do if I were them. Otherwise, regarding the brutality, I'm going to say something that people aren't going to like, but it's, it's true. Uh, during World War II, Rita, we had a plan, plan called Plan Black. Plan Black was the ultimate plan to resolve the issue regarding Japan. At the end of World War II, nobody, nobody wanted to see U.S. troops die needlessly taking the Japanese homeland. So there was a series of concepts drawn up on how do we eliminate the Japanese people? Because the belief then was the Japanese people were so radicalized, they must just be eliminated. So, there was a concept on the ground that was developed in 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 parallel to the A bomb, which all of a sudden the atomic bomb used into the the war, to basically starve and use gas to kill all Japanese citizens remotely. So, that's brutal. But that was a concept on the table regarding the elimination of of a race of people at the time who they thought were unredeemable. So, we didn't have to do that, thank God. We were able to end it by dropping the bombs. I'm just saying that there are times that civilized people recognize that there may be an enemy so committed to your death, the only alternative is to kill them. And I'm sorry that I'm being so direct on this, but there comes a time you understand there's no way to stop and save a population if they don't want to be saved. So.
2: Well, and you know what's amazing too, in the middle of all this, Tony. Too, we know that the Hamas terrorists—they were found with booklets about chemical weapons. It's—it's it's a scary Absolutely. premise, but Absolutely. they are clearly toying with um, some very serious uh, material. Obviously, it clearly is in their mind. Uh, how how do you combat that at this point? How do the Israelis combat that?
1: You have to take it on. There, there's just no alternative than than combat. Sophisticated combat, trying to save as many innocent people as possible, but ultimately, they've got to do the very hard thing of, of eliminating Hamas and and I, and I do believe it's in our interest as United States to to work with them to do it. And again, we need to help the Israelis do Hamas now. so
2: Tony, do you believe that this is going to be, as you mentioned, a couple this may be a year? Do you believe it's going to be a year or more? I mean, are we really looking at that far?
1: Oh, yeah. At least a year to go about trying to do essentially the full removal, securing removal and um, bringing back stability to the region. It's going to take at least a year to do. And they're going to be very thorough. They're going to be very patient. I think Netanyahu is committed to doing this the right way. Uh, obviously, so many eyes are on this. Uh, any miss bomb, any killing of civilians is going to be amplified, which it has been already. Uh, So, yeah, I think it's but I think they must maintain the moral fortitude and political uh, bravery to continue to do it no matter what it takes.
2: And finally, uh, Tony, they put up the Israeli flag this week. What does that mean um, to see that Israeli flag there in Gaza for the first time in a long time?
1: Well, it means that they're there to stay. I mean, look, this is one of the things that I think uh, the Israelis are going to have to make some decisions. Do you allow the Palestinians back into that line once you take it? This was a dilemma that the Israelis had to face several times after they defeated their enemies. Remember the, uh, the 73 war? They gained territory. Uh, they've, they, they've, uh, the, the 67 war, I think it was. There's a number of wars where, by their, their victory, they've gained land. I wouldn't give it back. I'm just saying it's like, you know, you guys decided you're going to fight us. Uh, maybe we ought to just keep this because if we keep it, we can secure it and we, we can trust ourselves. We can't trust you.
2: Yeah, so it's wow. That's something to think about. Yeah, it sure is. Sure is. Well, everybody, be sure to subscribe and share to this podcast. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, thank you so much for your incredible insight. Thank you for joining this podcast. And also, Tony, thank you for your great service to this country and your just love of freedom. You're one of the great patriots out there. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you, Rita. Always great to join you. Thanks.
2: And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.